0: My name is Danny Grant. I am an artist, a drawing and painting instructor, a podcaster. I live in Austin, Texas, and I would like to welcome you to the studio. This is the place where I interview and talk shop with other professional artists, and we get an inside glimpse into their daily lives as professional artists. On this episode is artist Abby Ryan. Abby is a daily painter. She was... Um, an early adopter you might say of the daily painter 's movement, she began her blog in two thousand and seven and has been a daily painter ever since selling her paintings through eBay auctions mostly um, if you 're not familiar with the daily painting movement what what it is basically is what you do is um, you finish a small painting every day, post it on your blog, and usually sell it through um, sell it through an auction um, And I think because of the nature of that, because of having to work so quickly and everything, a lot of times the the quality of these paintings suffer. But that is definitely not true of Abby's paintings. She um, really makes just beautiful, highly skilled, um, just really carefully studied little gems of paintings, really. Um, And so when I started looking at Abby's website, I was just so impressed at what a well-oiled machine she's created um you know besides just making beautiful paintings um she just created this great engine for selling her artwork and promoting her workshops and online teaching and and, and everything that she's doing and um she's just really a, a great entrepreneur and she she gets that about um about the business and so i was excited to talk to her and i i just really love the conversation that we had and i think you will too so here is abby ryan hi abby how are you
1: hey danny good good to be here
0: well thank you for uh taking the time to do this um i've been i've really been looking forward to this interview for uh a while since you agreed to do it and we've been and we've been kind of going back and forth trying to get our schedules together but um so anyway again thank you so much I've been really looking forward to this um this interview I think comes at k- kind of a cool time for the show we've been having I'm talking to s- several artists now and we've been having this back and forth about galleries and gallery representation and and um you know the 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 good and bad of it all and um so I'm really excited to talk to you someone who um is going the totally non-gallery route so let's start with let's start from the beginning I guess um so how long have you been doing your blog
1: I began doing my painting a day blog in 2007 and I basically started a, a couple of months after getting out of graduate school, um, honestly, because I didn't want to get a, a part-time job doing something non-art-related. non non-art related. And um, my mom's an artist. She sent me a link to somebody who had uh, written about people who were doing this kind of thing. And um, I started the next day.
0: Wow. So had you had you started had you had a blog before you started the daily painting thing or a website or or anything, or was that the total beginning everything kind that of started was the beginning
1: from that was the beginning okay. i i mean i had a website i was i was pretty good at um doing that that stuff myself and you know mm-hmm. um I had been painting for many years before that and had just you know got gotten out of graduate school and was doing freelance work and illustration and other things um but yeah no i I, um, I sort of jumped on the bandwagon of, of other people who had just yeah fairly recently started doing it at that time. two thousand Who were,
0: do you remember any I of the artists? I don't remember who
1: the person was that my mom sent to me. Um, you know, and it's interesting because <laughs> you said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going the total opposite route and, and, you know, it's been what, almost some, so over eight years since I started that. And, um, I think, you know, it's definitely not something that suits everybody's personality or work style, yeah. um, but I think I was suited to it because um, I was an athlete my whole life, and I played basketball in high school and college, and so the idea of doing something that was about a daily practice felt really familiar yeah. to me, and also um, I was interested in meditation, and so uh, over the years, cool. it has really become like the cornerstone of, of what is about uh my relationship to my studio time. Um, but I will say that, you know, it has, it has challenges. One of them being that, um, you know, after a certain period of time, you start to really feel, uh, something missing with regard to the fact that the only people who are seeing your work in person are the people who are purchasing it, which is, is, right. uh, you know, not everyone who, you know, is interested in it. And, Um, so what I did, uh, you know, maybe five years into it was I did start working with a few galleries, um, who I connected with through some of my best collectors. And, um, you know, so we can talk about that and navigating both worlds in a way. Um, but I, I never, I never really sort of set out to be a purist where I would reject the gallery, but, um, I think that was initially what happened because, um, it was, it was kind of on an, I don't know on an upswing at that time in in, in a mm-hmm. certain part of the art world. And so it was really possible, um, to, you know, basically save money as a young painter by not having to front all that money that you do when you work with a gallery.
0: Yeah. And that, that's one of the things that, uh, that I find difficult and, um, kind of frustrating about working with a gallery is all of that upfront cost. Yeah. Um, so, well, okay. I just assumed that you were that you hadn't dealt dealt with galleries at all because my experience has been um, that galleries really frown upon this kind of thing. Yeah. So I'd really love to uh, I'd really love to hear how how that relationship has gone and how you've navigated that. Are you still with that gallery?
1: Yeah, I have a couple. Um, oh, cool. One, I've worked with a few and I've had a couple of bad experiences, which. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody has had as, art, as an artist, but yeah. um, it's it's been helpful in some ways because I, I've gotten very particular about um, who I agree to kind of work with in that way. And so I've had a couple collectors who recommended one of the galleries is in Portland, Maine, and it's a fantastic gallery. <clears throat> and um, that came through a collector of mine. And, you know, I think... Some galleries um, would probably not work with a painter based on the fact that you sell your own work, but I think that's you know probably not going to be a sustainable um, attitude for you right. know the majority of galleries. Maybe not like the top top ten percent, let's say. But um, and so you know you you just have to be in a good working relationship, I think. And in the the galleries that I've worked with, um, I just have kind of a a high, I don't know, a high expectation for myself to be communicative and also um, ethical in a way where I don't undersell the gallery ever. Um, I don't sell paintings that are at a different price point than what the gallery sells. And so the way Mm -hmm. I manage that is um, all the paintings that are at auction on my blog, which start for a lower price point, um they're all smaller than what I show in galleries usually. Okay. And so there isn't any conflict there. And no. that seems to work and um you know in the cases where there are some exceptions, you know the galleries is more excited about having the work than they are about dealing with the other issues and so you know as as you develop a longer term relationship I think you know you figure it out as you go along and you have to really have that trust um because if you don't if you don't have that standard for working with that, um, gallery or entity, then you might as well not do it, you know, because it needs to be good for both, both people involved.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I, I definitely agree with you that, that it's not, especially with the avenues that artists have today with the internet and all those social media and everything, um, for a gallery to say you can't you can't you can't do that stuff on your own it's just insane because most of them are not doing all of the things that the artist is doing to promote themselves yeah um so yeah i i I agree that's that's kind of that's crazy so i mean um,
1: i think one other thought that comes to mind though Danny, is like that there are there are so many different ways of being an artist um in terms of you know countless ways of of making it function as, as a career for, for for Hmm. yourself. And, you know, I think some, there are many people who actually, you know, don't want to have to be involved on social media themselves directly, or don't want to have to, you know, be writing an email newsletter or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, that might, that might be more of a historical, you know, procedure, but I think there are still just as many people now who, who probably don't want to kind of get sucked into all of that other stuff. And so there, there probably are just, just as many scenarios where people, um, are glad to not have to kind of do the promotion themselves or, um,
0: yeah. Like oh, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah. And I'm probably one of those people. Um, but I also am really attracted to, to the um, the kind of entre- entrepreneurial spirit that goes into all of that, and just the, um, I guess, the control you have, and and the avenue uh, for more, um, I guess, for more expression. One thing I really like about your blog is that each each post you also have you know some quotes from reading or just or just some other thoughts um you know that that range um from thoughts about painting or or uh, just uh, anything else that that comes to your mind and i think that's really i like that that that's really an attractive thing for me and i think i'd like to do that um i didn't well. i don't
1: always do that i mean when i initially yeah. started the you know everything has evolved, and and um, I, as much as there's some embar some degree of embarrassment when you look back eight years ago, yeah, at sure. Look at what my paintings look like eight years ago. <laughs> um,
0: there's
1: there's an amazing um, archive now that exists of what I was thinking. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, and and you can see the growth. I think that's yeah. yeah.
1: But when I initially started started using the blog, I you know I was exploring this this idea of it being an online exhibition. And so I had just come from New York in graduate school and, you know, this Uh very sort of, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, how can I distill it? And sort of this, (laughs) this, uh, particular approach to what does it mean to, to show your work and what is, what is the, the quality of the space in which it can be shown? And so there was this white, white cube space that I was thinking about. And so I, I actually made a point of not writing any of my thoughts I never ever really had any kind of interest in um, it's kind of odd as I think about it now but I never had any interest in really deconstructing the work on the blog and and talking mm-hmm. about what my process was in making that painting in particular or things that I struggled with which is odd because I, I have a, a, a true real genuine passion for teaching in all different forms and so I think it was really just a matter of kind of efficiency and also wanting um it to kind of mimic that concept that I had that had been so ingrained in me, which is, you know, you put the work up and it speaks for itself. And mm-hmm. over the years that right. started to feel um I don't know, like like I wasn't um uh, revealing anything of myself. Um and so you you know, people get to know me through my work and the, the lens through which I see the world as it's portrayed in my work. But you know, there are a lot of things that I talk about in my workshops, or I do online mentoring, or, you know, demos and things. And um, I, you know, I guess it comes just with the territory of painting as often as I did, that you start to have things to say. (laughs) And um, so I would, I would be more inclined, I started to be more inclined to share um, things I was reading, or um, Mm
0: -hmm. even, you know,
1: it wasn't really just about art. I mean, I, I sometimes write about music or meditation or things that are, right. are on my mind.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing is is that we have so many different interests. I don't think it's um, – there's very few of us who are, who just think about painting all day and that's – <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's so like – and I think the blog is such a great place to just explore some of those other things. And I I think one of the toughest things about getting out and being, being a professional artist is, um, sorry, I'm a a little bit all over the place, but, um, is that you go to school and you have a certain view of the way uh, an artist should be and how that career should go and then you find find out that maybe that's not the way that you want it to go or it's not going that way for you and so you have to figure something else out and I think that's um it takes a, a, a lot of courage to say all of those thoughts that I had about how this should go maybe I should rethink that and and then to go do it I think um takes a lot of courage because I know for me, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the people that I went to school with and what are they thinking about, um, you know, my website or the the latest painting I did or whatever. And it's so hard to get out of that mindset and just go and do the career that fits for you. Um, I'm still battling that. And, um, and that's what I love about, again, that's what I love about what you're doing, because basically, I'm I'm just sort of looking at it and going, that's what I want to do. Can I do that? Right. <laughs> um, I think,
1: you know, what you just made me think of when talking about where we sort of come from as art students and then move towards as professional artists is that, um, at least in my case, you know, I have a BFA and an MFA, and I studied at the Art Students League, and in In none of those situations did anyone tell me this is how you how you behave this is how you should be this is what you should do to be a professional artist. You're supposed to somehow you know at least in my, in my case sort of learn by osmosis like learn by observation yeah. and so it it never really is uh something so concrete and you know maybe that's changing in higher education I'm not sure but um you know i think one thing that that also complicates that you know navigation that we go through when we make that shift from art student to professional artist is um the internet and how much we have at our fingertips now and i know that mm-hmm. for myself that and i i teach about this a lot and i think you know i teach about it because i i think about it and and it's something i grapple with myself which is how do we hear our own voice and our own thoughts when we are, um, you know, at any moment we're able to have access to the voices and the images and the thoughts of, of countless other artists. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, it's it's amazing and I will never, ever, you know, talk down about it, but it also poses a lot of challenges that I think a lot of people I think are not necessarily directly discussing all that much yet, which is that, um, you know, it gets in the way of us as, as sort of efficiently getting to the point of knowing really what, what is my voice, you know, not just in the work, but also in what do I want to, um, share with the world, you know, what kinds of things do I want to, um, bring about that are not just the visual art, but also things that I'm thinking about or what, what matters. And, and Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's not really a matter of, you know, knowing, knowing or not knowing what's going on with your colleagues or your peers in your, in your field, let's say in realist painting, but, uh, more about how to keep that somehow in, in a place that it doesn't start to, um, crowd out your own ability to have that silence and that patience and that time walking or thinking or sitting or painting where you really kind of wait for something to come to you and wait for those things. And and like that space, Mm -hmm. um, that is necessary. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of attention and, um, practice and patience and waiting that, that really, I find is imperative in, in being able to really feel like, is this authentically me? Is this really something that is, is in my work? Or is it just something that I admire about painting in general? And the the strange thing about it, Danny, is that I, you know, coming from the background I have, like, um, where I, you know, studied in college and graduate school, but you know, one of the most impactful times of my education was when I studied at the Art Students League with David LaFell, and mm-hmm. uh, that was only like a two-week workshop, and yet it had such an impact on me um, because I realized that um, whatever is specific to my personality, I'm really interested in um, kind of continuing a tradition, and and so mm. what I just described, you could think that it has to do with like this pursuit of being original or like, you know, not listening or seeing what other people are doing in, in the service of really, um, finding your own originality or your own original voice. And it's not really for that reason. It's more just for the reason that it's more pleasurable when I really can feel my own you know presence in, in my yeah. chair as I'm painting or as I sit at my easel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, So it's it's a real, I think, complex conversation because I like the idea of continuing a tradition where um, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. And I, you know, I talk about this really at length in my workshops and and it's um, it's a tricky conversation because um, a lot of people, I think, come into studying painting with this idea that they're going to um, somehow do something that's never been done before. And, and I think that's cool. It's just not necessarily something I'm really interested in for myself.
0: Yeah. And that's, um, I think that goes to the idea of, of originality and what is, what's actually original. And I think I agree with you. Um, to me, you know, this kind of painting is what I get out of it is just the, um, I love just sitting there, and and you've talked about meditating, meditating, and, and the process of painting to me is sort of a, is a meditative process, and it's just that act of of um, studying what I'm seeing, thinking about what I'm seeing, and trying to capture that on canvas is just so much of what I love about painting that the thought of sort of in in everything that you bring to it, that's the way you paint. That's the originality. Like, I don't think that we have to, um, as long as we're doing it sincerely, it's going to be original. Like we can't avoid it really. Yeah, <laughs> you know what exactly, I mean? If you're, yeah. you're painting what, what strikes you as beautiful or interesting or you know if it, as long as it's sincere i think originality is unavoidable um and so yeah i think it's the same thing that goes with um uh, maybe a little bit different uh, string of thought but um individual individuality you know if, if like um a lot of people think you've got to be super zany and just wear crazy things to be, uh, you know, to be an individual. And that's that's a really immature uh, idea of individuality. And I think it's the same thing with originality in painting. If you just do do what you do sincerely, you're going to clearly be, uh, you know, an, an individual. And if you paint uh, what you paint sincerely, it's going to be original. Um
1: my uh my one of my favorite sort of uh, mantras or quotes that uh is i think originally a buddhist thing um someone a speaker at a, a buddhist group that i attend spoke of it and it's not really something you can find anywhere online which is kind of cool <laughs> um mm-hmm. which is this uh sort of short quote learning without practice is weak practice without learning is blind and that sustains my interest in in a way that I think is sort of at the root of um, what, it, yeah. what it means to be an artist, because, um, you know, to the degree that I think uh, I should and, and have an interest in studying, um, you know, certain painters in museums, and, and that's primarily where I do my studying, either in books or in museums, I try not to look at work online it's been several years since I've really ever done that because I I just Hmm. feel like um when I first became doing the daily painting you know there's there's this big community and and a kind of lively world that that came about from that which is wonderful um but it it also kind of um slowed down my ability to feel that sincerity that you're describing and so it's been a few years where I just study work either at the Philadelphia Museum or in New York and.
0: Well, sorry, let me jump sure. in. How, how so? Like how? Um, how do you feel? Why? What's the difference between looking at paintings online and then?
1: Um, I think because. I mean,
0: besides the obvious differences, but. Yeah,
1: I think. Um, I mean, so much of what I'm. I, I think what I'm really striving for as a as an artist and in in a sense where it's not about selling, not about marketing, not about blogging, just just about me and the painting itself is this inquiry into um, the paying attention and the capturing of a moment that you need, that that happens when you sit down and pick up the brush. And for me, that's not just what the image is. It's also um, what the surface looks like, um, what the brush strokes Mm -hmm. are doing, the gesture of how you use the brush. And those are things that you just, you know, are limited or altogether missing when you look at things online. And, and you know, I, right. I've studied these, these I think, three or four paintings at the Philadelphia Museum by uh, Fantin Latour. They're these floral paintings. And um, I basically go, you know, every couple of weeks and just look at. Um, the background, which is, you know, (laughs) I'll send you the painting, but they're basically like a brown, like a light brown background. (laughs) There's basically nothing there. And, um, (laughs) and, and yet it's just totally captivating to me because it's, it's entirely uh, a mystery how, you know, the paint is, has been applied and, and it feels airy, but it also feels opaque and it feels solid, but it also feels like space. Mm. And so there's there's something that as I really notice like what do I feel like after I'm in a museum versus what do I feel like when I look at a bunch of people's artwork online I feel different and so paying attention to that feeling and what really kind of is uh an affirming uh outcome really for what makes me feel motivated in my work um it was it was kind of correlated with that and um you know the the gesture of the paintbrush as much as my work in image online looks pretty um tight let's say i don't know what what better word to use uh, or realistic um almost everybody who purchases it and and, you know sees it in person is sort of thrown thrown by or um kind of curious and, and intrigued by how um how really painterly it is when you see it in person and, you know, the smell of it and the texture of it. And you know, yeah. they're very, I mean, I'm not saying they're thickly painted at all, but um, there are things that are important to me in my work that um, I guess that's that, that sort of practice of study is kind of in alignment with.
0: Cool. Yeah. It's um, I like that you mentioned that the, the the way you feel after walking out of a museum versus the way you feel (laughs) looking at paintings online, it's, it's almost like we, I think part of it is, I don't know, this isn't the main thing, but part of it, I think for me maybe is, is just that you can just scroll so quickly through so many paintings online and it just, you don't, you can't appreciate it. And you can't see any of that stuff. You can't see the brush strokes. You can't see, you know, can't really see the color um, because everything's been photographed, right? Um,
1: yeah, that reminds me. A few years, several years ago, there was a, a really beautiful Rembrandt show at the Philadelphia Museum. And I, there was, um, he did a portrait of a, uh, what was it, something at Emmaus, some kind of religious portrait. It was a multi-figure portrait and kind of an interior space. And yet on the on the table, there was like this sweet little still life Um, and, uh, it was a small part of the scene, but I, I sort of, I went back a bunch of times to, to just look at that. And, um, uh, and we all know as artists that in the museum shows, um, for better or worse, when you leave the the special exhibitions, they kind of usher you through the gift shop area. Mm -hmm. That's where the exit usually goes. And, um, (laughs) and so Right after I was studying this painting for you know sometimes an hour at a time just the one painting, I would go through the gift shop area and see all of the reproductions Mm -hmm. of that exact painting. And because I had just you know familiarized myself with it for so long and studied it, Mm -hmm. I could see immediately what was wrong with the reproductions from a contrast perspective, from a color, from um, all different avenues like brightness. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet the the crazy thing or the, the disturbing part. Was that by the time I got home, I would I, I looked up the painting online, and I and between the time you know the, the 15 minutes it took me to drive home, um, and and the fact that I was visually taking in other things in in my visual field, I couldn't I couldn't as clearly decipher which one was the most accurate. Painting reproduction. Yeah. Just in that fifteen minutes, when I when I left the the exhibition and went into the gift shop, I could tell right away what was wrong. But in that time right. frame, that li- little bit of a lag time, I couldn't make out which parts of it were really what were making it kind of not accurate anymore. And and it really struck me. And and it was around that time that I started working with galleries because I I started to feel what that felt like mm. of of the frustration yeah. of of the work starting to be defined by the image of it um and not by those other aspects of not just the surface but also the the subtleties of contrast and color and things
0: yeah yeah it's i had a a pretty negative experience recently where i (laughs) um and this is the last thing that i ever want wanted to happen but um a gallery that i Wanted to get into um saw some of my paintings online and then saw the the originals and said one of their comments was they they ended up declining me for the gallery and one of their comments was that this stuff uh, I forget what they said specifically but basically it was they they looked better online which is like the I yeah. mean <sighs> I mean it's awful not very and, helpful and it, criticism. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it's so painful because um, just that difference between online and the original and, and, you know, if I photograph something and put it online, my intention is to try to capture what's, what the painting really is. Yeah. You know, so I always feel like I take the photograph and then, um, and it doesn't, It doesn't look right, you know, so there's a little bit of Photoshop work. Um, And the Photoshop work is not to try to make the digital version look better. It's to try to capture the original. And uh, so, uh, you know, it it kind of it hurt on a couple of levels, you know, where uh, obviously having the original be not as exciting as the digital and then uh, you know, I don't know if it's just me reading into this, but the implication being that that you're trying to uh, make it look better. Yeah, online, which is
1: silly. I um, yeah, but, yeah is I mean, cool. <laughs> it, what I, what I hear in here in listening to that is just um, like, gosh, it's so difficult to get an image to look as good as as the painting, and yeah. like that is the entire pursuit of what we have to try to manage in capturing something that you know you know the fact that I mean this year like the challenge of of getting the color on a screen where the light is coming at you to something that is an absorptive surface to have those <laughs> right. two colors yeah, jive, yeah it's nearly impossible and you know yeah. it's definitely the least my least favorite part of the process of what I do um Maybe only behind varnishing paintings, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but I mean yeah. this is the- i mean in a way, I think on the one hand, you know you want to think well um if it's not a good fit for that gallery, then so be it, but you you know you really want to think about it from this perspective of of um, how we we really can. Uh, control how the work is perceived by others online and, and that's one of the, the huge as much as I've been an advocate of, of doing the daily painting thing for those people that it suits their personality, it's something that will never never go away as an aspect of, of the challenge of it and um, yeah. I think on the one hand it's totally a godsend for people who maybe lived in areas where they're more remote or there is not a good Mm -hmm. community and so i'll never you know talk down about it but it it definitely comes with its limitations and um you know i guess your your story is an example of how it goes kind of both ways too
0: yeah yeah well speaking to that um and and i don't want to i hope this isn't a negative question but it just struck me i was i was just wondering if you ever had a client who was expecting something different when they when they bought your painting from from the auction Mm -hmm. have you ever had an experience where they were maybe disappointed because they were expecting uh, they just experienced it differently online I,
1: i don't exactly know how many i my mom has kept track she's an artist and she's um she likes to keep track of things, but I think I've done over a thousand paintings at this point, and there's wow. been one instance where, um, someone, someone actually asked if they could return a painting, um, because it was more textured than they thought it was,
0: and
1: oh, wow. so I didn't really think much of it, um, although, I don't know, I feel... I don't know. The, the the scenario of auctioning your work is a really interesting one that I I, I kind of enjoy the idea of offering a painting that, um, you know, might sell for a couple thousand in a gallery offering at a, a lower auction starting place mm-hmm. because I enjoy the fact that sometimes, you know, they sell for Um, less than average. Sometimes they sell for way more than average. Sometimes they're kind of in the middle. And I like the idea um, from a a big picture sense of like looking back on my life as an artist that I've been able to figure out ways of making my work available to people who maybe can't afford a couple thousand dollars, you know? And yet, um, you know, what comes with that is, is this, is this whole other realm of, um, I think differently than it feels like in a gallery situation there's this scenario of, um, you know, using, let's say eBay for the auction platform, which is, I use it because it's the most, you know, it's the biggest machine that's, you know, transparent, you know, there's no workaround. It's, it's, it's honest. It's, you know, it's third party kind of thing. Um, but there's this instant, um, kind of, let's say peripheral connection with the work being sort of a commodity that is sold on this platform that sells like electronics and cars
0: and like, you <laughs> right. know. and
1: so there's a little bit of that, which, you know, it doesn't really ever go away for me, but the payoff is that the work is available to people who can mm-hmm. trust the platform. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I have some people who can, you know, often, you know, bid up to a certain, amount and 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 always stop and and occasionally they they can get something and mm-hmm. that to me is really kind of fulfilling in yeah. in a way that i think you know long term is is something that that feels good to me um but you know what comes with that is sometimes people are uh kind of treat the the artwork as um you know, a little bit different than they might if they purchased it at a gallery. You know, it's it's an item that they bought online. Um, mm. And that's definitely a minority, most uh, uh, yeah. non-existent. But, you know, as an artist, I want to make sure that I'm being thoughtful about um, how my work is perceived and, and the image and things I associate with the work and, and the format in which it's delivered and all those things. So it's stuff I think about, even though it's a, a, a real minority.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it must be satisfying to um <laughs> maybe this sort of a, in a kind of ego way, but just to see that fifteen or so people have have uh uh bid on this painting like that must feel good, right? It's-
1: I mean, the funny thing in is that I I try not to look because it stresses me out. And also, I never buy anything on an auction because I can't handle the stress of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Trying to trying to keep up with it. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to see like you know 500 people who looked at the listing or
0: um, yeah.
1: how many people get involved. And and the fun the fun part about it. Some people ask me, you know, do you paint? certain things because you know that people want them or, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And honestly, I, if I tried to figure that stuff out, it would be like a full-time job because you never, ever know what people will respond to. And for me, you know, I could paint a pair, which maybe some people like. But if I where it was in a bad mood that day or sort of distracted, you know, it could be you know not the greatest pair. And so I can't <laughs> I can't say for sure anything. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's really contingent on the whole the whole scenario, all of the marketing, all of the daily painting, blogging, the email, everything. Everything goes back to am I being sincere and paying mm-hmm. attention to what really matters which is am I connected to the work and am I having that intimate relationship with my still life subjects and am I really present to the moments where I'm, <clears throat> I'm you know observing the light that's on the objects in the afternoon in mm-hmm. the early morning and if I if I can do that then I feel like the rest is sort of an afterthought
0: yeah have you ever had moments where you have you've, you've- caught yourself um thinking about that or or you know thinking about um if if a certain thing is going to sell because of the subject matter or something have you ever i think
1: i think initially i did because you know i was more involved in the daily painters community there was originally a group of 12 of us and i'm a huge advocate for that platform um Mm -hmm. i love uh what carol and david marine are doing um and I'm a really big supporter of it. I, I'm less involved just because I, I felt like I needed to really figure some stuff out in my work. Um, and so I think early on I did that just because, you know, we're we're aware of what other people are doing. And um, yeah. I just, I found that um, as much as I might learn a little bit by sort of, you know, trying out something that someone else had painted, um, ultimately it doesn't last. And I think that just came with the maturity that I'm still striving for in the work in which I, you know, just see each painting as an inquiry into that moment. And um, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you allow yourself, and I think it's a practice also, like a discipline, where if you allow yourself to kind of get distracted by um, if something will be popular or well-received, um, then I, find, you know, I find that, that, that as much as a painting maybe embodies the spirit of that moment and the spirit of that painter, I feel like it also gets a little bit, uh, muddied by that additional kind you know, train of thought as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me I also have trouble doing commission paintings for that same reason because then I (laughs) have someone else's voice whether it's their actual voice or just their request or something it's very very distracting to me and so over the years I just realized that it as much as there's like an immediate gratification of saying I'm going to try painting that you know um because it looks good or it's popular or something um it it's not a sustainable, um, positive impact. In fact, it just sort of winds up being a distraction.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned meditation earlier. Um, when you were just talking, it, it made me think, um, kind of, I guess when you meditate, you can get distracted, and the whole point of it is to, is to kind of come back, refocus right from those distractions. And it seems like that's kind of maybe the same, like there's a correlation there, maybe Definitely. the same kind of, you know, whereas, where, whereas, um, meditation is a discipline in the same way that you have to, you know, I guess, recognize those distractions and push them out and get uh, and come back to your focus. So, yeah. And the,
1: um, the I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, it's so ingrained and close to my thinking. Um, it's nice to sometimes step outside of it and kind of look at it objectively. But, you know, I grew up in, in a house household where my dad was a really, um, devoted meditator. He meditated, he met, he still does actually meditate three times a day, um, huh. Christian meditation. And, um, he's done that my entire life. And yet it's, and my mom's an artist so she's a, I've always been exposed to the life of life of an artist too um but the the way that it really resonated for me is that um neither one of them really ever tried to push me in any direction or teach even what they were doing my first art classes were in college and um and yet there's so much that um is kind of a part of what I do now that has to do with that. And, and I think the main thing with regard to the meditation aspect um, is just seeing that um, you can, you can fit it in uh, as long as you decide to stay devoted to it and and disciplined. And,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that that's really all that matters is, did you do it? And that there's no real and And I guess i mean i don't, I'm not like an expert on all different kinds of meditation, but um, I guess you know for me the part that the parts that that matter the most have to do with not having judgment when you do have your wandering mind and just mm-hmm. knowing the fact that that it's the way our brains are wired um and that it does get easier, it does get better to keep kind of a clear mantra focus but that it's also contingent on that day and how well you slept and what's going on in your life and that it's always uh, reflective of what's happening in your life and there's a real sort of uh, authentic and um, unselfconscious and nonjudgmental uh, attitude that comes with understanding that really, you know, the payoff of meditating is did you do it that day? Not, mm. did you do a good job? Not, did you do a good job? And, and that's really how right. I approach painting. And, and a lot of people ask me, like, or if I have friends over, family or something, will say, you know, how was painting today? And I'll say, it was fine. You know, it was, <laughs> some days are better than yeah. others. And you know, yeah. and it's it's uh, for me, it's intensely personal in that way where it's really a reflection of, you know, what's going on in my life. And um, for me, over the years... I've really become comfortable with this, these ideas. And of course it's, you know, it can always be better, but I've become more and more comfortable with, with what comes with this kind of thinking where, you know, it's, it starts to really feel easier or more ingrained that, um, my success in the studio for that, you know, that painting session doesn't have to do with what the painting looks like or how much it's sold for but um was i able to sit down and and be present to it and did i Mm -hmm. you know did i find the strength within myself to um attempt that for that day
0: yeah that's a sounds like a really healthy way of approaching (laughs) painting because it's so easy to get um it's so easy to be affected emotionally by the quality of of our painting each day. And, uh, you know, are we just like your friends are asking, you know, how how did the painting go? Well, they're, you know, implicit in that is, um, are you happy with what you did today? Right. And so, yeah, that, that sounds like a really healthy way of approaching it where, and also I think that, if you check those boxes, like you mentioned, what you know was I present? Was I really in tune with what I was painting? If you if you are you know present and you are focused and all of those things, the painting most likely is going to go well anyway.
1: It's true. I mean, I don't know. I I I think it depends how you define well. I think. Yeah. If, um. You know, I'm going through sort of a difficult time in my life or something I look back on those paintings when I and I can put myself back in the the cool thing about doing the painting as often as I do which isn't every day anymore but it's fairly often um Mm -hmm. is that it instantly puts me back in those in those moments and um you know in the times where I was going through some crisis or something difficult um I think that is present in the work too I'm not sure other people would necessarily see that but for me it's there Mm -hmm and the one of the the unintended consequences of of this kind of pursuit of thought or or this sort of attempt to sort of um approach my work in this way which is not you know unlike how other people do is that it enables me to um see the sharing of my work as in terms as kind of as imperative to the process and so I, um, there aren't all that many paintings that I get so attached to that I don't want to part with them because, um, you know, as much as painting is for myself, um, it's something that keeps me centered and makes me a, a better person and happier. And, you know, I also have a keen interest in what it provides for other people in particular at this point in our in our history and our culture and what's happening in our country and the chaos all around us. And and that it's such a simple gesture and that, you know, the fact that I sit down and paint and try to stay in this space of, you know, positive, uh, contemplative paying attention, that I think that that action of just doing that in my studio here is, is partially something that, um, improves, our world in a, in a big picture sense. But I think, you know, Mm -hmm. the sharing of the work is, is something that I, I feel passionate about and and it's definitely not something that I think is an automatic for, for artists because um, you know, you know, we, we make a painting and it, and it feels spectacular in certain ways and instantly we want to hold onto it because we get afraid that we won't be able to do it again and right and so we have to we have to say look i did it this time you know <laughs> pain, like I never do it again.
0: yeah here's proof
1: right here's proof. and what i've come to and you know there are very few exceptions like if it's something that's really sentimental that i've painted but what I've come to is that that energy is in that painting and I want other people to, to have that, the vibration of the object in that way. And, and it's exciting to me to send a painting to someone and have them say like, I cried, you know, or like I sat back and uh-huh. I just stared at it for hours. I couldn't stop looking at it. Or when I do um, I do my live painting demos once a year where um, I have a, a team of people who video the, the painting I do um, and it's streamed live online in real time. Okay and um i've had so many people write to me and say like i had this to-do list this morning and i had all these things i had to get done but i couldn't stop watching you know <laughs> i couldn't turn myself away and that to me is is super uh, exciting
0: yeah yeah i think um i think it's really essential uh to maintain um to kind of maintain a sanity in, in, in looking around at what's going on, our culture is going nuts and we have, yeah, we have to still hold on to those things um, and still think about, you just look at ourselves and say, okay, well, you know, I still have, I have this and my family's okay. And, you know, people around me are healthy or whatever's going on you know, and I think, um, yeah, the painting is, is a great example of that where you can just, and what an amazing thing to, to share that with other people too. And for them to just go, you know what, (laughs) it it seems like the world's on fire, but it's really not. And And it depends um, what you
1: focus on. I mean, not everyone is in that privileged position, depending on where, where you are in relation to what's going on. But I think in a small way, you know, we have to keep doing it, um, in order to, to provide balance. And I think, you know, when I, um, I've mentioned teaching and, you know, I come from a family of teachers and so I've never really left that in myself either. And so Mm -hmm. I still, I'm a professor, I teach workshops and, and teach online and stuff. And, um, the, the live demos that I do, I, I think that, um, you know, with the internet, and I you know I don't want to belabor it, but with the internet, you know there's a certain um speed with which we can, like you said, look at many images in succession and and sort of read something quickly and read many things um, where in earlier previous time periods, you know, we'd have to go to the library and find a book and find the wrong book and then try to find the right book. And, you know, (laughs) it would be a slower process. Um, But what I think is, is really wonderful about what the internet affords is that um, as much as we have that, I can also then do a live demo where um, people can watch my painting process from start to finish where, you know they'll see if i have to wipe down a little bit to like move something over or you mm-hmm. know to to sort of demystify that process and and just to say you know you see my paintings and you can scroll down and see you know 20 on the home page of my blog but if you want to see this painting you have to sit for 2 hours and watch me mm-hmm. painting <laughs> you know yeah and so there's sort of like a slowness to that that balances out in a way and that makes uh kind of transparent something that otherwise um might seem um magical or you know at best magical or mysterious <laughs> at worst <laughs> right
0: <laughs> <laughs> um wow um okay i looking up at the clock and i know we didn't
1: get this. to some other things that
0: so crazy yeah well i mean we don't have to cut it off at a certain time but um Let's try to. Get, I want to kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts of everything. Um, if if you're okay on time, yeah, sure. Let me know. Let me know if you got to go. That's good. Um, so. Uh, you mentioned two hours for your demo. I wanted to ask you if you do you restrain yourself on the time that you spend on each painting? Is that, cause it seems to me like this has to be for this to work. You've got to be pretty systematic about the whole process. So is that part of it? Do you, do you, um, keep it at two hours or,
1: um, there isn't any aspect of the, the live demos, let's say that, um, that limit it in that way. I think, um,
0: well, not That's not often. necessarily the live demo, just just the the daily oh, practice. Oh, oh. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I think it, it depends on the size. It depends on the the subject. Um, I don't. Um, as much as I'm an organized, uh, sort of type of person who likes schedules and routines, <laughs> um, I'm yeah. not really able to just because it feels too stressful. I'm not really able to paint at the same time every day or have like, like sort of a rigidity about it in that way. And so, okay. you know, sometimes I'll paint in the morning light. I have a North facing window, so I can do it really anytime. And, um, and, but oh. although in the summer there are, there's woods across the street. So in the summer, the light is very green, uh, mm-hmm. later in the day, but in the winter, it's the best time because then there's sky across the street. But, um, right. I, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, people, are, that's one of the qu- first questions that people always ask, um, which is, you know, do you do it at the same time every day? Or like, like yeah. people are just trying to understand, like, you know, they can get themselves to brush their teeth every day, but, but other than that, <laughs> like, there's not things <laughs> that you can get yourself to do every day. And, the, yeah. um, so it sometimes I'll paint in the evening and the last few hours, uh, the last couple hours of light. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not really rigid in that way. And so sometimes the paintings will take less than two hours, sometimes they'll take more. I mean one thing that I do have as kind of a rule, uh, not so much a rule but more just a personality thing, is that um, you know, when I do larger work, eight by ten or up to eleven by fourteen, sometimes um for galleries, I do those in a single sitting. So there's still the a la prima method and okay. um, so those might take <clears throat> several hours, maybe three, two or three times as long as the, the tiny ones that are post yeah. Um And that's really just because of, of the materials that I like to use and, and the method that I like to use. Um, but, you know, the idea of the, the two-hour thing and the, and the daily painting, you know, a lot of people who take workshops with me say that they want to try daily painting. And I'm always really cautious about talking about that because you know, the idea of daily painting didn't start when people started blogging about it. You know, it's, it's basically the way painters have worked forever. And um, the difference is, you know, how you present it. But if you can separate from that, um, you know, the, the real desire that I think people, what they really are striving for when they say they want to try daily painting is that they want to be more connected to their work. And they want to, more consistently be connected to their work and Mm -hmm. there are many ways of doing that and many ways of coming up with goals for yourself that are are strategies that help that don't have to be doing a painting every single day and finishing it because for some people that's paralyzing and stressful um for me it's not and you know um there's a, a quote that Seth Godin he I mean he's so prolific as a writer but there's one that's really stuck with me where um he talked about this concept of of doing something daily, and you know his his blogging method is to to post something every day, and he's really big
0: right. for that.
1: And the thing that he talked about was that <clears throat> um, really it's about the commitment to do something, um, or I guess he's talking about the difference between things you do every day um, and the things you do only when you feel creatively inspired. And mm-hmm. the difference is that once you commit yourself to doing something every day you find that you're able to be inspired every day and that it's kind of a a decision but that decision is not really for everyone but when you do decide that if you want to try it even for a period of time that if you commit to trying it then you realize that you actually are able to be inspired every day and that it's not it's not about if you're going to do it it's just what are you going to paint and how are you going to get it done That to me is really kind of an interesting differentiation.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I I guess the way the thing that I think about the the specific daily painting movement is that that practice of of finishing a painting every day. Because you know, I certainly I don't paint um, I don't paint every day, but basically every day i mean you know sometimes there's there's things that come up uh, yeah you know whatever you're out of town or whatever um but um it'll be a small portion you know i'll accomplish a small portion of a larger painting um which can be you know there's a certain satisfaction in that too but i think the thing that interests me about the um daily painting I guess in quotes or as a movement um it's just that practice of finishing a you know obviously it has to be small but finishing a painting and then posting it and blogging it blogging about it and then you know the whole auction and everything um how much how much time does the whole process take as far as like from from doing the painting to photographing to putting it on the blog to you know Mm -hmm. doing some writing on the blog to getting it like what does the whole thing look like well (laughs) time-wise i guess
1: i um the painting itself takes anywhere from an hour to three hours i would say usually around two and then i i force myself to photograph it right away because um yeah the as the paint starts to dry, the, the surface, um, does different things and it's better to, to photograph it when it's all wet, the same amount of wetness. <clears throat> um, and you know, I've streamlined the photographing process. So I pretty much only have to bracket, you know, a couple F stops and to find the right, the right, yeah. uh, brightness. And do you stuff.
0: photograph it right there on the easel, or do now, you have, move it to a different space? No,
1: I have it on the other side of my studio, which is not all that big. But on the other side, I have a little um, shelf where I just set it up, okay. upright and, and put on um, some lights. And you know, then there is some color correcting, like you mentioned, and um, it depends on how efficient I am. Uh, yeah. But I would say the the post production after I'm, I you know I sign the painting takes probably um at the most at the least uh the quickest I can do it is in like 20 minutes and the, maybe the longest sometimes is an hour and that depends yeah. on you know if I'm writing about something else or um you know I keep sort of a, a note on my phone that has things that I've I noticed in a book or yeah. an article I read so I kind of have like a that's cool. A collection of things that are stuff that I've Is that part about. of your
0: daily process too then? To to just kind of be mindful of of catching things? It's basically like keeping a sketchbook, I guess, right? Yeah. Where you just
1: <clears throat> Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. um you know, I don't do that every time because I want to keep myself in check and say, you know, I'm a painter, I'm not a writer, but yeah. I like to share and and nothing that I really write about is is all that um package let's say i I pretty much will say sure. like here's a quote that I came across that i that struck me or this is a kind of a cool article like I don't really go into anything that's that's all that um intellectual beyond what what the actual you know the source is is doing on their own um but right. um but you know I think people have re- responded with, with that kind of stuff that I share, um, whether it be, you know, music that they might not have heard of or a book that they might not have been aware of. And and to me, that's kind of just in alignment with what maybe my work is bringing into their life. And, <clears throat> you know, one of my favorite, which I, I want to make sure to mention one of, one of the best parts of, of doing the blogging that I do is that I get to, to be in direct contact with, my collectors and the galleries who sell my work, they don't really ever tell me who buys them. And and so if if that were my only paradigm, I think I wouldn't feel as excited about selling the work. And, you know, I have people, some people who have 50 or more paintings of mine, of mine and um, people all over the world, South Africa, South America, all over Europe. And, and that's like totally amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I, like, I'm still in awe of that all the time. And, um, so, you know, I think that is a big motivator for me to continue sort of doing that. One other thing that is back, back a couple of topics is that, um, uh, you were talking about, um, the the teaching, I forget what you said something about it, but I wanted to mention how, Um, one of the other things that I noticed as I was teaching workshops around the country is, is, um, this, this desire that folks were having for wanting to, oh, I know for, you know, sort of trying out doing daily painting or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, where they really wanted to, to truly just be more connected to their work. And, um, another thing that I kept noticing is that people, and I'm curious what you think of this, people kept as I, as I was asking many many different people, they kept responding to this question the same way. And so the question I would always ask is, you know, they would say, well, I want to paint more, or I want to be more connected to my work, or I want to figure out my style, um, which is mm-hmm. another topic which I yeah. will have a lot. Of, but <laughs> um, but I the first thing I would ask them is, well, okay, so what do you do when you have this desire to paint? Well, how do you get yourself going? How do you get yourself motivated? What is your ritual for sitting down and painting and so many people uh, would respond by saying that they would go online and look at other people's work
0: oh, to, no. start,
1: to sort of like wet their appetite or kind of get their juices uh, flowing and and then
0: yeah
1: kind of not know what would happen but they kind of wouldn't wind up painting and so it became obvious that people were sort of satisfying their hmm. original pure desire for, for being connected to painting, it was sort of satiated by looking yeah. at other people's work. So as I started noticing that, I started paying attention to myself, and and it really was a huge shift in my work when I was able to identify like, yeah, that is kind of true. That it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing, and maybe sometimes it's useful. But if you use that as sort of your your sort of transition mm-hmm. into the painting process, that can be really damaging in a way because you know it's not in and of itself a bad thing it's just that it satisfies or you know fulfills something that we're kind of yearning for when we want to sit down and paint in some ways
0: yeah that's which i thought was really that's that's really that's really interesting and i don't um yeah it sounds like it has so many different implications um i wouldn't even know where to be how to dive into well, to...
1: i mean it led me it led me to um, thinking about um, you know just making this more in the in the topic of conversation and so i created this this online course called the internet i n n e r not internet and internet and right, um, right. um it's basically this this online course where it's only a week where you start with like a i start with a lecture like a teleseminar where people call in and listen and can ask questions and then i give them a, a, a pretty hefty packet of reading materials and other things to think about or assignments or just kind of general like all different things that are yeah. similar to what i write about on my blog and then basically the the courses that people go offline for 4 days or 3 if they can only do a weekend Um, and they totally go offline. So they print out this, this, um, packet if they want to, and they just unplug for four days. And of course not everybody can do it, but the people who have done it, I've taught it a couple times now. Um, you can imagine, you know, what, what sorts of good things happen when, when people decide to do that. But, but it's, um, it's not a popular, not a popular idea. (laughs) To, to put it lightly, yeah.
0: <laughs> right.
1: It, it instills a lot of fear in people. Yeah. Like what, if, you know, with good reason I think in some cases, or some people just you know can't do that because of work or something. But, um, but you know, what if you're gonna miss something or you know, just mm. I think it's interesting though to, and and I do it on my on my own too, and and I love teaching the course to hear how people react to it, but. There's this this process that you go through that's a little bit of detox that um, I think is really interesting for artists to do and I yeah, do it myself. Amazing. But it's definitely uh, not all that popular of a concept yet.
0: <laughs> well, I know myself. I I am certainly much happier the less time I spend on Facebook or Instagram. That is for sure.
1: Um, I mean, it's an odd thing, right? That, you know, part of what we began talking about is blogging, using the internet to sell your work, and then come to this point of understanding that as much as that's all wonderful, that it needs to be balanced, and it needs to be in moderation in some way. And so, like, you know, when I think about how much... Artists who sell their work themselves have to do marketing or deal with social media. Um, it all needs to be under this umbrella of what is my personality, what suits my personality, where are my mm. strengths, um, where are my, you know, temptations, and being really in tune in that kind of mindful way of of yeah. what is specific to you personally, because you know we have access to seeing everyone everyone online yeah. now and uh, and nothing is uh, nothing is as helpful as thinking about what what about yourself pretty much
0: yeah that's that's so important uh, to be to be in tune with yourself and and to be able to um, have that introspection um, because yeah when you start getting online and you start looking at everything that else go that's going on I mean you get you just get sucked into it and and it's almost inevitable that um
1: and sometimes that's of, a wonderful thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean I guess it can be. Um as long as it's not a daily practice. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and um but I think what what you were just saying is so crucial is that you you have to know yourself and understand, um, well, you just basically have to really be in tune with yourself so that you don't get sucked into, um, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier, uh, looking at everyone else's work and going, "Ooh, I'm going to try that. Oh, I'm going to try that. Because there's, it's endless. You could do that forever. You could do that for the rest of your life, just trying something you see online. <laughs> something you see that someone else yeah. did online i mean it could It's it's never ending um and what interesting so, and about it,
1: it too oh sorry
0: go ahead no go ahead no 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 i was gonna say what something. also interesting about
1: it too is is, understand, <laughs> is understanding or observing really not not even trying to understand it but just observing that um the same thing impacts two different artists in, in different ways. And, you know, that as much as I think my work can be seen as, um, successfully marketed or, or something like that, um, I have the ability not to, like, when I go on Facebook to write about my work, I don't have any friends on Facebook. Like, I have the ability to um, keep it in its place, so that I can mm. get my work out into the world and share it with people and and that 's really what i what my goal is to you know yeah. have people yeah. you know hopefully have some moment of pleasure from looking at it and, and share that moment with others um, but that I think for other people, something like Facebook or thinking about writing a marketing email or something can feel really um I don't know, slimy or like too, too much like, um, you know, commodification or, you Mm -hmm. know, I've had some people who studied mentoring with me where I do one-on-one instruction. Um, and students who have said, you know, I don't want to have a blog. I don't want to do Facebook. It feels like too much like selling and all this stuff. And, Mm. and, you know, you have to really hear your own voice on that because for me, um as much as people come to me and want to learn like marketing stuff and I can teach like you know how to use constant contact or you know how to right. look at a, a distribution list and see like how people respond and like you know I'm I'm a I'm a little bit of a science geek in that way computer person but at the same time like when I think about marketing something like I always start from the perspective of do I care about this uh, like, like the, the course I mentioned of going, you know, taking time offline, like, do I care yeah. about this and will this help other people? And how, how can I explain this so that it feels authentic to me? And so nothing that I would promote or write about is, is, is different than what I would write anyway, you know? And so there's like yeah. this alignment that you have to yeah. really think about of, um, these tools that we have, which are quite neutral, you know, things that we right. have online, the access yeah, to definitely. videos Different platforms that we have on, online. Um, but, you know, I don't talk about my personal life. I don't um, share pictures of my home on my social media. Like, there are things about what I do that are really um, in alignment with maybe a certain amount of privacy that I want to have or other things like that. And so, um, you know, there's more to that question of how do you navigate um, the world of being an artist when you are sort of selling the work yourself and um I think that's something that's such a wonderful thing to talk about with people because it's really contingent on your own personality and I'm curious if you have more thoughts on that. I know we're kind of out of time. Maybe we should have a plan- a part B. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm good maybe with time. We, maybe but we should. Though. I don't know if okay. people
1: are still tuned. Okay.
0: Um Anyway, I think I'm people are okay with with longer ones. Um, okay. I'm definitely, I definitely have that um feeling of there's there's been things that I wanted to post or or put out online that I've pulled back from or ended up not doing because I I was worried about um that whole thing about it felt felt pushy or. You know, it felt, mm-hmm. it just, it didn't feel right. And, and I don't think that that's necessary I don't think it's necessarily um, that it was bushy or that it uh, was, was anything like that. I think it was just me in my own head about how imagining what someone else would think about it, which is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, it's, it's like the last place I you want to be.
1: Envision, like the most judgmental person, not like the most.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know. you know, really it's, it's, I don't know. It probably doesn't say anything very good about me because it's probably the way I'm reacting when I see other people's stuff. And then i go, well, that's probably, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's really fascinating. I think, you know, it's, it's, I think, the nature of having so much at our fingertips now. You know, like, um, previous to the internet, you know, you'd have to go to a gallery to see or yeah. you know, find an art. to see. And so I think just by the sheer magnitude of how much more we're able to to find and see, that it just increases that probability of, of that sort of thought happening. And I don't know, the the way that I. I find that it's helpful to... To think about it is that, um, you know, first and foremost, I'm I'm spending time doing something that's really hard. You know, I sit down and paint even a thousand paintings later and I don't know, I have fear. I don't know if it's going to work yeah. out. I don't know if I'm going to feel like I wish I hadn't done that. Um, and I, I still feel like it's fresh every time. And so if, if I maintain that and also this understanding that I from a non-ego-based perspective, I have something that makes people feel good that if I sit down and paint it that day that, you know, I can maybe help someone. And I've gotten some emails over the years from people who this one woman, her husband had um, Alzheimer's and she wrote me this really heartfelt email about how the paintings that I sent her every day really, um, you know, impacted her in these significant ways. And, um, you know i I focus on that because if we allow yeah. ourselves to focus on the criticism you will you will always find criticism because right. criticism is the business of many people it's it's their right. it's their work, and right. that to me if you can sort of take the power out of it in that way yeah. and the other thing is like i also you know as much as I am unabashed unabashedly selling my work each day that I paint it, I also don't like. Like there, I, there are standards that I have. So like I, I don't send out a pain. I don't send out an email to my newsletter people, um, unless I have a new painting. So I don't just send out an email to say these are the ones that are available, like over and over again. You know, like right. I, I expect of myself to paint a new painting if I'm going to send yeah. somebody an email because email is really nice. a privilege you know, to have someone's email address and to oh, for sure ha- have, yeah. them, have them say come into my email box, you know, inbox yeah. every day. That's a privilege and I never take that for granted. Um and yeah. so I expect of myself to either have something interesting to say or something to offer or some new painting where I've put effort into it to to earn that right, you know.
0: hmm Yeah, you know, going back to what I was just saying is is I've never had any I've never had any negative uh reaction to anything I've ever done. So it's totally unfounded. <laughs> my fear I'm lucky because right? i've
1: had a lot i mean when you start to be you know written about or or in certain oh sure you know, situations yeah. like people come out of the woodwork so you're you're uh you're lucky yeah.
0: yeah well yeah but i'm just saying you know for me i need to just shut up and get over it because i don't people aren't for the most part I don't think people are receiving it in the way that it's happening in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, is an um, example
1: or is that asking a lot? What's Do that? Do you have an example of what you're referring to because I'm so curious or or is that too much? Um
0: Just,
1: you can pass on that if you want to change the subject.
0: No, it's no, it's fine. It's a good question. Um I wish I did. Um
1: you can email me later. It's okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's just the way it's almost every time I put something uh, put a new painting on Facebook or something um I'm always self-conscious about um You know, I've I've heard many times that people respond to, I'm sure you've heard this too. And and I think it's part of part of why you're so successful, but people respond to Uh, stories so you know a story about a painting or oh yeah you know if if there's if if you can put something behind it a story that people can connect to then then um it you know means more or it sticks with them more or um and so you know i've done that a couple times and it just It's nothing, it's so weird, because it's nothing that I'm receiving back, it's it's totally me cringing every time I put it out, and.
1: Yeah, so to me, Danny, that's like a really interesting example, because to me, that means that, um, or let's say. Uh, well, let's not talk about you personally. Let's say in general, <laughs> okay. in general a person has okay. that attitude. I would say they're probably someone who's a little bit private. They're probably someone who might be an introvert. They're probably someone who, you know, really thinks a lot before they share something, or you know, depends on who is in your circle when you're socializing and what you decide to share. And to me, that's mm-hmm. information about what is right for that person's um, kind of program of how they put put themselves out there and I don't I mean I would never encourage anybody to push through that because it won't work and it won't be authentic and you -hmm. know in my case like I don't really talk about my personal life I don't you know everything is very intellectual and yet it's very personal and authentic and I don't just put something up that I think is a popular article or book, you know, I either have to have read it or, mm-hmm. you know, thought something sincere about it. And, and so I think what you're referring to is incredibly valuable information of the, oh, you know, that's how we have to find out what really is important to us is to try it and then say, oh yeah, that, that doesn't feel good. So let's not do that again. <laughs> and yeah, you know, try something else because you know this idea of telling a story you know i think one of the first times that that came out was um a a while ago now maybe in the late 90s dan pink's book Uh, a whole new mind Hmm. about how right brainers will rule the future and he's this lawyer and kind of science (laughs) guy who's talking about all the reasons why right brain people will rule it's actually quite quite good there's a video accompaniment to it that's pretty good Um, but he, he talked about things like that, um, that are more right brain, like, um, the ability to sing, to think in terms of a symphony, like multiple parts, and also to think in terms of story and all these things. And it's true what he was talking about in the late Mm nineties actually happened. But I also think that those kinds of strategies will also fade away, just like I hope Facebook fades away sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, ultimately, like, it needs to be, in your own, you know, in your own path, in your own. I don't know how to yeah. say it, but you know, whether it's like, um, just sharing a few words, one sentence. I don't know. That to me is more effective if it's if it's authentic and 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 it conveys a sense of um, kind of self acceptance in the person who's sharing it. That's way more effective than something that that you described that doesn't yeah feel like it's in alignment with with the the truth of whatever is inside of that person all
0: mm-hmm. right there's you know there's so much um so much material out today as far as uh marketing and kind of all this uh, i think of it as sort of business self-help you know, it's just tons of stuff out there, and I read a lot of it, and so much of it, you know, you'll have different guys like, um, well, Seth Godin, you know, and then there's like, um, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, and there's a million of these kind of guys. Well, not a million, but there's sort of, um, probably are, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and each of them has, um, well, Gary Vaynerchuk, anyway, it's definitely um, uh, a very particular thing. And each of them has their thing. And it can be overwhelming, I think, to to go, oh, okay. Well, that's that's what I need to be doing. Okay, that's the thing. Or, or oh, I just read Seth Godin's book. That's the thing. Okay, that's – and you try to, like, um, yeah. implement a lot of this stuff. And I think going back again, I think the, the, probably the – The main theme of this conversation is that you gotta really know yourself, and and so you've got to take what you can from those different people, and make sure that it's aligning. You know, if it can improve who you are, then use it. But if it's not, if it's not like Gary Vaynerchuk is very much not me, right? right. That's not. I can't. I'm not gonna be that guy. Um, and that you know, in people's faces, that's just you know, it's just sort of the opposite of end of, of who I am. So, um, I think that's part of what's in my head is going, Oh, all right. That's the thing I need to do. I'm going to go do that. That, that'll be the key. If I can just start implementing all this stuff, that'll be the key.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. And, and the, the thing that you said, Danny, about knowing yourself is I think incredibly scary because there is no set way to do that. And yeah. I, I always, you know, when people ask me about marketing, I always say, well, how often are you painting? And mm-hmm. how much, you know, how close do you feel to your work? What's your work about? What are you thinking about yeah. your work? And that's my answer to, can you teach me about marketing? And, you know, the the wonderful and difficult thing about what you're describing is that I'll preface this by saying that I'm not somebody who really enjoys tapas because I don't like the idea of just having a taste <laughs> of something, <laughs> and yeah. I, I'll just be upfront about that. But um, <laughs> so we are able to have this, you know, tapas-like taste of all of these different methodologies of ways of of handling search engine optimization and marketing yeah. and all these social media things, and all the algorithms are always changing. And I think it all goes back to painting because, you know, when I'm working with people in private instruction, the one-on-one work I do, you know, one of the things that I, I sometimes will suggest to different folks for different reasons is um, to choose one brush and work with that for a couple months. Because mm. people who are really striving to mm-hmm. dress in their work and they might take a lot of workshops they're told different things by every person they study with. They're told, this is the brush, you know, this is the brush. And I'm like, it doesn't matter that I use the Robert Simmons brush because you have to decide what's right for yourself. And the only way you're going to know that is by spending your time doing the work. And so that question of knowing yourself um, isn't something that you can just sit down and say, okay, what is, who am I? What is my work? You actually have to sit down and do
0: yeah painting. that's hours a great point that's like, a great the way
1: point. you figure out the the know yourself question is and knowing yourself even from the perspective of how do you want to handle marketing or how do you want to handle right all those right, things right. you actually have to just sit down and paint because it all comes from that and it all should always come from that
0: right well do you also think um just in the way they we were talking about uh you know using the using the same brush you you just have to do it and you'll find you know you'll find the brush that you like yeah,
1: then you'll have a definite opinion on it
0: yeah right yeah. but do you do you also do you think that that goes towards you know marketing or putting stuff online also maybe it's the fact that i don't do it very much and so i don't so i'm having trouble figuring out what's oh, what's I the see. best approach yeah. for me you know what i mean yeah. like i'm just you just have to do it and and maybe fail a bunch and have a lot of uncomfortable
1: yeah that's, that's a great <laughs> feel, point. Because, feel really uncomfortable yeah, that's and, a good, and good point because um, yeah sorry i'm getting excitable, but because um there are things that i tried from reading certain different marketers like marie forleo teaches the b school business school marketing online thing and there are things that i tried based on what i read years ago and people started unsubscribing it didn't feel like my voice oh. i was like this is this doesn't feel right and but yeah. but yeah you're exactly right i tried out something and so you know people who find my work now are like wow this is really you know maybe kind of a consistent voice or, or presentation
0: yeah have. but well, there are things like yeah. that
1: yeah i think you're right yeah,
0: yeah i think that's why that... but the it, internet the is sometimes
1: thing. unforgiving so we have a lot of fear i think about trying something
0: yeah and i think uh, i think that's that's just part of the beast, and I think well, that's one thing that we got. We ha- we just have to accept and kind of get over because, you know, that's just our life now. There's going to be stuff floating out there around uh, about us forever. Um, I think that's one of those things we just have to kind of accept and move on from. Um, but one of my
1: big fears, just to be uh, pointing that out too, is yeah, yeah. you know, I get asked for interviews and one. Somewhere, one a couple times I was on TV, and um, since that time, I'm always really a little anxious about <laughs> interviews because of how much things can be taken out of context. And you know, oh, sure. I'm a you know, I'm not. It's not like I'm getting TV interviews all the time, so I'm not meaning to say that. But, <laughs> but the whole realm of you know being quoted or something taken out of context.
0: Oh my gosh! So yeah.
1: you know, I don't know. I, I try not to think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah, I haven't had to deal with that. Oh, I did do a um, uh, a small magazine interview one time though, and, and it's so interesting to see what came out yeah. after like the conversation that I had with the person over the phone, yeah. how it was presented in that like, um, you know, three paragraphs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That, that might be, I was looking at your, your Oprah magazine interview yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine you felt the same way. Yeah. That was that. like,
1: I don't know, a couple hour interview. And it took like a year, <laughs> it took like a year to, to go through that process. And, oh you know, gosh. they reached out to me. I didn't, I didn't pursue that. And I just got an email randomly that they were wanting to highlight my work. They're big fans of my work, but, but yeah, I mean, ultimately though, I think just to kind of come full circle like you know it it all it all can be taken very seriously or you can sort of say well this it comes with the territory like you're saying we're not going to get away from yeah and so we just have to kind of have a little bit of a thick skin or just be mindful that um you know what really matters is what we do in the studio
0: Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um i i And I think it all comes back to getting back to just this, the daily, the daily practice is so important. And I, I, when I started looking at your, your website and everything, the whole package, um, I just got so excited because I thought that's, that's the thing, like the spending that time daily painting, daily blogging and yeah you know, I, I understand it's not 7 days but um that daily practice is the way to gain traction um not only with your work but also in the kind of uh marketing space or or awareness getting getting your work out there like the only, the best way to do that is this daily practice and almost my problem has been inconsistency so i can generate a little bit of buzz um for short periods of time and then i kind of disappear mm-hmm. i don't stop painting but i I'll, I'll not post something for a long time mm-hmm. or you know um and it's and part of that's being like you know really critical about the work that i'm doing going oh no one, no one wants to see this i just did this you know, um I, I painted a um I don't know, a leather strap today. Like who cares about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah but like
1: <laughs> Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I I think you're you're totally hitting on kind of the, the crux of it. And um the the consistency is I think an interesting thing to sort of tease out because um it it has to be also in alignment with your lifestyle and your, you know, mental space. And it can't be, it can't be, I mean, I guess it could be in a, in a certain way, but it shouldn't necessarily be consistency or, um, you know, that consistent thing that you're describing just for the sake of that consistent thing to be there. But, Mm. but I think you're, you're right in a way. and, And what I've found is that, you know, people ask me, well, how do I get in an open magazine? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I painted every yeah. day for three years and they wrote to me. So I guess right. paint every day. I don't know. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, there's, yeah. There's something that I would never describe that as any kind of liability, what you're describing where you kind of disappear because, you know, there are phases in our careers. There are, are different, um, you know, trajectories that we need to go on in the work and you know that's much bigger that's like a a lifetime um scope rather than just like from week to week or month to month of what what is paying off from our you know metrics on social media or something and you know those those kinds of ways of thinking about it feel much more calm and are, are much more um I don't know life affirming I guess in a way Uh, when you think about what maybe five or 10 years from now, you look back on where your work is right now and, and see like, you know, that there's some, some kind of meaning that, that happened in those moments of more, you know, introversion or quiet or, um, you know, not sharing everything immediately.
0: Um, and certainly
1: I think, you know, the, the live demos I do and, and the blogging, even there's, there's a definite performative aspect of, of what I do that, um, is not at all my personality. You know, I am not someone mm-hmm. who like I, I'm, I enjoy getting up in front of a, a crowd to speak or something, but if I'm in a social setting, like I'm not going to be the one who right. t- takes the stage and like captures yeah. everyone's attention. And so
0: you know,
1: the, <laughs> the sharing, regaling yeah, everyone
0: yeah. with, yeah. so the,
1: there, you know, there's a, you know things to tease out about that that I think only come from a quantity of experiences where you can you, know, you can say well this felt good this didn't or this worked or this didn't or that that resonated or that didn't and, and yeah, that's the yeah. only way to find those answers.
0: Right. Well, Abby, anything any final thoughts um, that you want to add? It's been a ton of fun.
1: This has been an awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Cool. I have too. Um, thanks again for taking the time and doing this. Um, and if you think of, uh, and I'll do the same, but if you think of anything else that you want to talk about, I'm definitely open to a part two of this conversation.
1: Yeah. And if you get any feedback from your listeners, um, you know, feel free to pass it on. And, you know, it's always a little bit self, it feels self-indulgent to be able to talk about what I, what my thoughts are and everything, but I'm really grateful for the time and um, hope people got stuff out of it. So I'd be happy to do something in the future though.
0: Cool. Thank you. All right, Abby, have a great day. Um, We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, I want to thank Abby again for a really illuminating and fun and interesting conversation. And I especially want to thank her for the free therapy session she gave me towards the end there. Um I can I can definitely see how she'd be a great mentor and um you know she's done she's done the work in all facets of being a professional artist in 2016 and I just have great I uh, have great ima- admiration for for what she's accomplished. Um so Go go sign up uh, for her newsletter and everything, um, abbyryan.com. Uh, she's, she's a great artist to follow, and uh, I think it'll be really fun uh, watching her career unfold from here. Um, okay, so Scott Waddell will be here in Austin September 7th through the 11th for a portrait workshop um scott is simply one of the best artists and instructors alive today so take advantage of this opportunity to speak spend a week learning from him go to scottweddellworkshop.blogspot.com and get in on the action baby uh lastly i want to give a shout out to everyone who attended douglas flint's workshop here earlier this month Um, Doug delivered on a fantastic workshop we had a great group of artists a very serious group of artists and I think that everyone went home excited to apply their new understanding of color in their work Um, so thanks to Douglas Flint and all the artists who participated in that workshop and that's all I got Um, email me danny at dannygrantfineart.com with uh, thoughts, comments, reaction To the show um, And subscribe And rate us on iTunes um, Okay, thanks everybody See you next time, bye Everybody got shit to pay That i
1: hundred thousand hits On the internet But that do
0: Shit. Even if you're legit me I wanna feel honey now Like I got money now But that don't mean a shit Even if you're legit on me Na 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 na